Hello, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Versecast, the Star Citizen podcast. My name is John Abraham. And Caleb Worth can't be with us tonight, so you have me, Gleep. This is episode 11 of the Versecast, and today is December 8th, 2014. we got lots of fun stuff to talk about, but first, a little housekeeping. New Those Guys With Ships members. You know, John, we got some this week. No way. Yeah, way. <laughs> Uh, so we want to give a big Those Guys With Ships welcome to Yellow Stag, and he has a really cool avatar uh, on the forums. He's got a stormtrooper with a surfboard, so, you know, you gotta like that. <laughs> and, uh, and also, X underscore zero one. I'm, I'm unclear if that's supposed to, if, if, if I'm supposed to say that in a certain way, so I apologize, but he also has a cool avatar. He has, he has Hank Hill in it. I'm not sure what Hank is doing, but anytime you have Hank Hill in an avatar, it's an automatic win in my book <laughs> and i also like to thank x underscore zero one for uh signing up at the heroes tavern website so um a double win for uh for x zero one and then finally we had uh, no king rules forever which i thought was a very cool uh name um and i think it's true except for maybe elvis so welcome no king rules forever <laughs> and everybody and we look forward to playing with all of you coming up soon Definitely. Cool. Uh, and we got some email, too. Uh, Yellow Stag uh, sent us an email in uh, reference to our discussion about what we have on our Christmas list. And he's got some PC parts on there, and he asked if uh, John would uh, discuss a little bit on uh, his thoughts for what's, uh, what's cool now and what's cool coming up soon. So, uh, John, what do you got? Yeah, so he asked about the... Uh the Intel Core i7-4770K, which is actually the processor that I have. Oh, cool. And I really like it. It comes, I think, at 3.4... No, no, no. Wait a second. Let me remember. Um, 3.4 gigahertz out of the box? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I'm blanking <laughs> on this. Let me Let me check. Let me check this. Okay, 4770K, um, 3.5 gigahertz out of the box. Um, I put a stock cooler on mine, so I'm getting 4.5 gigahertz out of mine. Wow. Uh, so I got a whole gigahertz out of it. And it's not even like a super fancy cooler or anything. It's just uh, like the first one with a lot of reviews on Amazon that was like 50 bucks or something. But... Um, yeah, I would definitely go with a K version of an Intel processor so you can overclock it. Mm -hmm. um, even if you don't plan to overclock it right away, uh, it's just good to be safe for the future if that's something you want to do. But mm -hmm. the thing is, the 4770K is actually the older model. Um, the newest one is the 4790K, Okay. which... Uh, I think that one that one comes at 4.4 gigahertz out of the box. Wow. So you could potentially overclock that to like 5 or more. Um, and I think it's like the same price as the 4770K. So yeah, I would look at the 4790K. Um, if you're just going to be doing gaming on your PC... I would consider the Core i5, which in some tests has actually done better in gaming. Um, the really? i7, yeah, 
the i7 is great if you're going to be doing like uh, photo processing, uh, video rendering, um, you know, CPU processes that aren't gaming. Oh, okay. Um, but if you're going to be doing mostly gaming and, you know, pretty much everything else, um, unless it's super intensive, I would suggest the i5 because it's like $100 cheaper. Okay. Um, because so that, that's what I have, and I was going to be my next question is, is how much better is an i7 than an i5? Um, mine's a 30, 3570K, and it, I'm getting 3.4 gigahertz out of it. Um, I know I have a, a cooler on it, but I don't know. I, I think over, it's capable to be overclocked, but I don't know if, how I tell if it is actually being overclocked. Well, you overclock in the BIOS, so okay. it's a it's a bit of a process. Um, this is the only computer I've ever done it on, but if you follow a guide on YouTube, uh, especially if you can find a guide that's specific for your motherboard, okay. um, it's pretty easy. Okay. Um, and mine mine just performs fantastically. Uh, but yeah, if, if you're just going to be mostly gaming and not doing like video processing, I would definitely suggest the i5 because, like I said, it's a hundred dollars cheaper. It's a quad core. It comes. The latest one is a 4690K, which comes at 3.5 gigahertz. Again, you could overclock that, and yeah, that's the one I would go with um, for 230 bucks. So that's that's what I'm where I'm at for processors. Um, if you're looking at video cards. I think in the email he suggests or he he mentioned a Radeon R9 290. Okay. Um, I'm an Nvidia guy, so I know pretty much nothing about the Radeons. I think the the 290 is a pretty good card, and I think it would be on par with the GTX 770. Oh, um, okay. In the price range and performance, which is a good card. Um. Better than that one would be the GTX 970, which is the newest architecture from NVIDIA, uh-huh. and it has some like crazy technology in there, um, including dynamic super resolution, which like <laughs> it plays back your game at like 4K, but if you have a 1080p monitor, it like downsamples it, but makes it look like 4K somehow. <laughs> I don't know how it works, but. There's some crazy stuff in these new cards. I actually have the the GTX 980, which is the newest and best NVIDIA card you can get right now. Other than, like, the Titans, which are in a class of their own. It's just crazy. But, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd look at... Uh, if you like the Radeons, I can't really help you. But if you were thinking about an NVIDIA... I would say look at the 770, um, but if you wanted to spend a little more, look at the 970 because that one is going to be a crazy good card. Um, pretty much, uh, what what are you going to say? I was going to say, well, I, I have an NVIDIA card too, and I know that it's got um, a lot of functions for streaming and uh, uh, doing recording, and I'm guessing uh, like uh, feeding out to Twitch and stuff like that. Is Is that pretty stock with other brands of cards or do you know i haven't heard of anything that radeon offers um i 
yeah, I don't I don't know if Radeon has that software. That for the Nvidia it's called Shadow Play and mm-hmm. it's just a it's just something that runs in the background and it runs at like the 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 core level. I don't know what you would call it, but it runs like at the base level like within the card or something. Okay. So that it doesn't take any power from your game or from your processor or anything. Oh, um, okay. So you can record with it to your local PC. Uh, you can stream to Twitch. Um, oddly enough, they don't have a screenshot thing in there. Um, but I've heard that that's something they're going to be adding. Oh, okay. Uh, so it seems like it adds an, almost an additional computer to handle all of the, that additional overhead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's really handy. Okay. Um, other than that, it uh, it can also optimize your games for you. So if you don't know what settings to set your games to, it'll automatically set them because it knows what card you have and it knows what settings need to be set for each game. Okay, I tried that with Far Cry 4 and it did not help. It actually um, it made it worse. So, really? Yeah, I had to go back. But I, I have an older GeForce. I have a 670, I think. Okay. So I don't know maybe if um, if I need to uh, to upgrade. Well, of course I need to upgrade. There's something new out there. I have to have it. Um, yeah, that's that's a problem I have. I basically upgrade every time something new comes out. Yeah. So if you don't mind me asking, what is uh what is the state of the art card set you back now? Um. It was like five hundred and fifty bucks. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. It, well, it hurts me to admit that. Well, Christmas 2016 is only a year away, so. <laughs> <laughs> the thing well. is, I have been upgrading for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Basically, like every time I want to get a new card, I upgrade to the a better one. Right. So I started at. I actually started with a Radeon. That was my first card, and that was like five years ago. Um, and then, cause I used to play just console and mm-hmm. that was how I got into PC by finally buying a card so I could play TF2. Oh, okay. Um, after that I bought a GTX 460, then I sold that, got a GTX 560 Ti. Um, then I bought another GTX 560 Ti and ran them in SLI. Uh, then I sold both of those and got a GTX 680 Then I got a GTX 780 then I got a GTX 780 Ti, and now I have the GTX 980. Wow. So, so yeah. Are, are, is it fairly easy to uh, to sell the old card? You just, like, put it on eBay or something? Yeah. Um, I use eBay for some stuff, but a lot of times when I'm selling something, I actually sell it on Amazon. Oh, okay. Uh, because they, they have, like, way lower fees, oh, and okay. you can set your own price. And it's just a lot more straightforward. Um, so yeah, Amazon's a good place to sell stuff if you're looking to sell some tech. Okay, cool, excellent. Well, um, and do you have any plans to upgrade uh, any of your components uh, in the near future? Um, I think I'm pretty much set with the 4770K and this card. I have like 16 gigs of RAM, which I have never like hit the capacity on mm-hmm. I don't know why you would ever need more than 16 but um 
yeah, my PC's the only thing I want. Like I said last week, I think I I do have a new case on my wish list. Oh, okay. Um, right now I have a cube case and it's like super hard to work on. Uh, so I would like to get a tower like I used to have, um, and just move everything into that tower. Oh, okay. But yeah, for for right now, that's all I have plans for to for upgrades on my PC. Yeah, I know. I was listening to somebody on a totally unrelated show talking about the Oculus and how it has some fairly beefy video card requirements. I don't know exactly what they are, but that's kind of the only thing I'm thinking I may need to upgrade because I got to have that when it comes out. Um, so if my 670 won't handle it, then um, I, I think I'm going to have to be uh, uh, moving on up. Yeah, I think I thought the. Oculus screen. I don't know what the the retail version is going to have, but the current version is a 1080p screen. I think. Yeah, I, I, what I and I, I'm way way over my uh, my pay grade here, but I think uh, it has to do with um, not so much the rendering as it does with the um, uh, the frames. You know, not not the resolution, but the frames. Right. Uh, so and which is really important uh, so that you don't throw up all over yourself. Uh huh. You know, which some of us are are prone to. <laughs> I think I wonder if they're if they're aiming for games to run higher than sixty FPS. Yeah, I don't know. I I think um, uh, the person that was talking about it might have said seventy, but I I could be just making that up. I don't I don't know. Mm. Yeah. So. All right. Well, cool. Well, um, Yellow Stag, I hope that uh, answers some of your questions. And uh, thanks again for the email. We do appreciate it. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. And we also got some uh, some Twitter love this week. Uh, so we want to send some shout, shout outs to uh, Dr. Flux and uh, Star Citizen News also um, uh, favorited a couple tweets of ours. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then uh, my favorite name of the week, Language of Bromance. <laughs> I love I- it. How do you, how do you how do you beat that? Um, <laughs> and so they uh, they uh, gave us a little Twitter love. So thank you everybody for that. We really do appreciate it. We, it's great to hear that you guys are out there, or gals. Um, and so uh, finishing up on stuff we talked about last time, we were uh, sort of speculating about the javelin and and how much uh, how many. Uh, crew it would take to man it effectively and I wasn't able to find out anything uh, definitive about the ratio of uh, player characters to non-player characters but I did find that uh, I went back and looked at the uh, extended information that they put up there in conjunction with the sale and it says right there clear as day minimum crew 23 so I guess you you would need at least one player character and um, probably uh, possibly more. Um, there was some information in the multi-crew ship uh, page that came out uh, since last time we recorded about um, the ability to uh, pilot multi-crew ships, um, sort of medium-sized ships, uh, with uh, one player character and the rest NPCs, but nothing specifically about the capital ships, which is what we were discussing with uh, the Javelin. So uh, still more stuff to, to figure out later about that, but uh, but pretty awesome. You know, you, know, you and uh, 23 of your closest virtual friends, or 22 of your closest virtual friends can be uh, flying around in a Javelin. So 
Um, that's that's pretty cool. I think it, it's, I heard, um, I think it was on Star Signal, because I did go back and review the Star Signal uh, uh, podcast from last week. They did say that uh, the Javelin has escape pods for 80, 80. So, <laughs> oh my God. So can you imagine having no. 80 people on your ship? I mean, that would just be... That'd be epic. I mean, you, I mean, that is insane. Can you can you imagine the drinks you would have to buy ahead of time? First, <laughs> first stop, Costco. <laughs> um, so, um, and then we also had discussed uh, uh, being confused between Gladius and Gladiator. Well, the Gladius is a dogfighter. The Gladiator is a bomber. So, you know, mm-hmm. be confused no more, guys. And um, and then finally, we talked about the pledge levels and what they meant. I know I had referenced a conversation again on Star Signal about um, uh, reaching certain levels of backer levels and and the um, uh, designation you got for that. And what I was able to find is that if you go to the uh, the pledge page uh, or the pledge package page. And scroll all the way down to the bottom. For for ten thousand dollars, you can be a wing commander, which I think is the um, the level that the the guy was referring to. That once you hit uh, five figures, you're a wing commander, and that's one of those packages that gives you a whole bunch of different ships. Um, and I and I think uh, every new ship that comes out, you get one, or um, you get a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And then, uh, but that's that's not the biggest package. The biggest one is still the completionist, which. Um, I guess gives you a bunch of stuff and more. Probably like Chris comes to your house or something. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, oh, I'm sorry. One one more thing from last week: uh, the Carrick mini game. John, by by chance, did you get uh, uh, opportunity to finish it? No. Yeah, I did. I played like two minutes of it, and I was like, I don't have the patience for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. I think the only the only thing that was pretty cool about it that I um, uh, took away was that all of those little orange dots, those were all people that had played the game before you and failed. So really, yeah. So wow, I'm, I'm just another orange dot. <laughs> so all right, well, excellent. Uh, so new stuff um, since we. Uh, we chatted last time. Uh, they put a new poll up, uh, the uh, HOTUS poll, the hands-on throttle and stick uh, poll. And they asked in that poll, um, uh, folks, did they, uh, <clears throat> uh, that are currently playing, what kind of uh, controller are you using or what kind of uh, uh, control scheme are you using? And uh, do you plan on upgrading peripherals? And if CIG was to develop a peripheral, what would you like to see them uh, develop? And uh, the response seems to be that folks are interested in CIG uh, creating um, a, a, a controller or peripheral uh, device, and they want a want it to be a custom Ahoda setup. So um, it's winning fairly handily. Right now it's at 73%. And... Um, uh, I thought that that was kind of interesting because I know there's a lot of complaints. I mean, obviously, this could be different people uh, with um, uh, voting here than folks that are in the forum sort of complaining about uh, CIG not focusing on all the work that they have to do. And so, I, I, you know, what occurred to me at first is like, wow, this is really, you know, going into into hardware. Um, isn't that 
you know, is that really where you want to be putting effort? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe with some of the, um, the backer money, they could hire a hardware person or a small hardware team to develop this. I mean, that, that's yeah. not, that's not unreasonable, but, um, um, I don't know. It's, it's at this point, it's not something I'm, um, all that interested in. I, I play with a gamepad controller and I'm sort of planning on sticking with that, but, uh, just wanted to see what you thought about that. Well, honestly, I've looked at I've looked at some joysticks, um, and the selection honestly is really bad. Mm. Unless you're going to spend like a ton of money. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just because um, space sims and flight simulators in general aren't as popular as they used to be. Okay. So. I don't think very many people are making them. Um, personally, my setup right now is just a mouse and keyboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have an Xbox controller hooked up to my PC, but I haven't played Star Citizen with it. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do, because I always want to have my mouse for aiming. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just... I need that control and I've never I've never really used a joystick other than for a few minutes every now um like at at the arcade or something <laughs> um but I don't know I, if everybody says you have to have a joystick to play this game effectively then maybe I'll take the plunge and buy one uh yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I'd kind of like to see a Star Citizen branded mouse and keyboard, but that's just where I'm at right now. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder. I mean, I, there are so many people that do it. I, you know, it's I can't just like dismiss it and go, oh, that's just silly. You know, I, I can do everything with a game controller that you can do with your um, throttle and stick. Um, but on the other side of that, I'm kind of also concerned that. Um, especially once we get into the um, uh, the multi-crew ship systems uh, that were uh, discussed this week. Um, I'm wondering if even with the throttle and stick, if you're going to be able to do everything that you need without a keyboard, uh, because it seems like there's going to be stuff that's configurable on the fly that you're going to need something more than just, you know, uh, thumbing through a menu with the you know the d-pad on your controller yeah so. and what if what if you get boarded and you have to jump out of your seat and pick up a weapon and start shooting at people inside your ship mm-hmm. i don't think are you gonna walk around and move with your mount with your uh with your hotas set up i don't think so yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't know how that uh, how you would switch. Uh, that's kind of what I like about uh, the the gamepad is that you can. It's pretty seamless between FPS and um, flight. You know. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's really versatile. You know, like in GTA, I mean, you can drive, you can you can shoot. You know, it, it yeah. works really well. Um, and that's kind of what I was counting on, but. Um, maybe there's going to be stuff that we actually do need a keyboard and mouse for. And uh, my concern with using the Oculus is it may be difficult to actually do that because, you know, I, I'm pretty much a touch typist, but, you know, there are times when I need to see what the letters are. Yeah. 
and I don't think you're going to be able to do that with uh, with the headset on. So I don't know. It's uh, anxiety, man. Anxiety. <laughs> So, um, you know, if, uh, if you folks are at all interested, I encourage you to go out and, and vote for what it is that you're interested in. It seems like uh, people are interested in a HOTAS setup uh, price between $150 and $200. And I think as, as those like Thrustmaster makes a bunch of them, and I, I, I hear people talking about, you know, certain models of, that are made by Thrustmaster, like, you know, they're buying a new car, you know. So I'm, I'm thinking that 100, $150 to 200 bucks relatively speaking, isn't going to buy you much. Yeah. Uh, uh, but um, like I say, I'm not a, not an expert on that. Um, if, if we have any experts out there listening, um, please, you know, uh, send us a, send us your opinion. We'd be happy to share it with, uh, with everybody else. Yeah. It's kind of funny because the, uh, one of the questions is what do you think is most important for a custom star citizen controller? And, the easy winner is high build quality at 46 percent mm-hmm. and then right below that is how much would you want to spend a hundred dollars to 150 <laughs> right 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 yeah I, I i want i want it to have uh rolls royce quality but i want to pay uh, uh kia prices <laughs> yeah 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 that's uh, don't we all <laughs> yeah so um all right um excellent and, and another thing that is sort of in this on the same uh same topic uh they posted in the fan spotlight uh section uh flight controls volume two and i thought that this was kind of fun to see uh how other uh, folks in the game are setting up their to play the game you know what their rigs look like and i guess you could call them uh, virtual spaceships um and uh uh it's uh, if you get a chance, go out there and uh, and take a, a look at it. It's uh, this one guy here. He's uh, T C McQueen is his name, and it looks like for some reason he's lying on his back and he's got the the monitor mounted on the ceiling, which is <laughs> you know I, I I I maybe like if you were in a in a in a like an Apollo capsule or something, <laughs> but but uh, there was there's got to be a reason for it. But anyway, it's. Um, it's uh, it's pretty cool and, and it's it you know I like seeing how into uh, this hobby people get you know and how creative they can sort of be in designing stuff for themselves which is really outside uh, uh, the mainstream or of what you can pick up at Best Buy yeah you know it's uh, um, a lot of fun and so I you know if if folks are interested you know and, and you want to share your um, uh, your gaming rig with us and how you're planning on playing the game you know tweet us at versecast um, and uh, we'll uh, we'll pass those along to everybody and uh, and if we get enough response we'll talk about it on the show yeah cool all right well this uh, brings us to uh, probably the biggest uh, thing since last we uh, talked and that is the most recent letter from the chairman and uh, first, First thing is, is Chris, as you always did, said, you know, you know, thank you so much, everybody, for all of the the backing, and because uh, since last time he uh, posted a letter, we've gone through several goals. Um, we went through 64 million, where we got the pets. We talked about that last week, um, and then we got uh, we went when we went through 65 million, uh, we had sort of gotten some uh, vague information about something to do with a revamp of. Um, modular ship design and so they talk about that here in this letter and it's um 
it's very, very cool. I mean, it looks like, and I think we were talking about this last week um, uh, in the context of Caleb uh, having the Cutlass Blue and I, me having the Cutlass Red and um, how much of a of a, an undertaking would it be for me to pull the, the med bay out of mine and put jail cells in it? I mean, it just like from being inside the ship and looking around, it seemed pretty, pretty simple, but you know, uh, uh, I don't know how in practice that that would work, you know, with any kind of realism. And, uh, so what they're saying here is that they're, they're really, uh, trying to, uh, make that possible for folks. And, um, I think that for ships, especially like the uh, Caterpillar, that you're going to be able to have um, a, a, a wide variety of functionality dependent upon which modules you equip your ship with. Mm -hmm. And I can see on the page here they have a, um, a, a module for the Caterpillar, um, and it's, it's kind of it's a, a, tech com or a tech concept, I guess is what it is. And so it looks like uh, this would be like a, a science pod or something like that. Um, and so I just think that that's a really that's a really cool idea. And um, you know it it's it's fun to have the uh, the technology and the versatility, but it's also um, I think a a good way to be able to sort of personalize your ship. You know, you have the basic hull, but how you outfit it. Um, is kind of uh, is a little bit more up to you now than it was before they committed to uh, doing this sort of thing. Yeah, it's nice because there may be a certain ship design that you really like, but it doesn't do the role that you want to do. Um, mm -hmm. So this could potentially allow you to have the ship that you want and uh, and play the way you want with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says in here, uh, this this new goal, uh, the, the modularity, is a massive undertaking. It is, uh, uh, they're looking to overhaul any suitable ship, which includes the Cutlass, the Avenger, the Retaliator, and the Redeemer, to allow many modular components to be available as swap-outs. Uh, for example, if you have purchased a Redeemer, then using the new system, you would have a variety of new modules available to refit the ship, internal and external, to suit your play requirements. So... Um, I, you know, and this is a little bit different than, you know, previous, uh, uh, stretch goals where, you know, like we've, we've got pets, we got fish, we got, um, uh, you know, a particular concept ship or, or, um, a particular class of, of, um, ship. Uh, this, this seems like it's going to be, um, uh, much more far reaching into the game that this sort of. Fund, you know, on a more fundamental level, changes how we are going to be able to play the game, and I think all for the good. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. I wonder, I wonder if this is something that they'll start working on, like way later on, like after the PU is pretty much done and all that stuff. You know, I think it, um, and I don't know that I saw it in there anywhere, but it seems like they need to go back to the drawing board now with this mm -hmm. that that it would be difficult for them to release anything now that didn't have i mean because you wouldn't after the launch of the PU you wouldn't want to come back and say okay this ship that you've been playing in the persistent universe is now going to be entirely different that you know this yeah 
So, yeah, they might have to tweak ships now or at least uh, new ships coming out would have to be built with this idea in mind. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. And, and I'm just you know, wondering when we'll first see modules and be able to purchase modules that can be swapped out for the ships that we already own. Yeah, that's a good question. Good question. I, I, I don't know. I, I hope um, if the modules themselves aren't available at the launch of the PU, then at least they will have uh, the appearance of the functional functionality available within the ships, so that right. so that we don't get to into a situation where they say, okay, your your cutlass used to look like this, but now it's going to look like this, so that you can swap stuff out. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and there he, he also he had made uh, mention too of um, that there was going to be the ability to uh, to paint your ship, you know, and to have you know, org-specific um, uh, identification on ships available, too. And I don't think that that is um, a part of this, but I think that it was discussed in the context of, uh, of uh, this change to uh, how ships are going to be uh, personalizable, if that's a word. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, let's see. Wait, here it is. Um... Uh, starting starting with version 1.0. Now it was unclear if it was 1.0 of Arena Commander or 1.0 of the game. Is it uh, technology for a paint system that will allow us to create promised skins and ultimately let you alter your ship's exterior appearance? For 1.0, it uh, various paint jobs, variants, um, longer term allow us to give everyone the skins they have backed for, and ultimately this system will allow for some user-generated paint jobs. Oh, okay, so this it sounds like that that aspect of it is a part of the modularity, that, which I guess sort of makes sense because it's all virtual stuff anyway, so probably, you know, from a development perspective, uh, uh, being able to customize a skin is not all that dissimilar from uh, customizing, um, uh, uh, like, how the seats are arranged or something like that. Yeah. All right, um... And so then, but the big one, what we got for $66 million is the multi-crew uh, ship systems. And this is exciting stuff, let me tell you, let me tell you. Um, if you're, I highly encourage you to go out and, and read the page. And uh, first they talk about uh, work that they're doing uh, at Foundry 42 and how that they are um, uh, setting things up uh, so that... Um, uh, folks are going to be able to play together. It's going to be more fun for people to play together. And uh, the way that they stated this, and I don't know, John, if you've heard before, but it sounds like Squadron 42 is going to be uh, a co-op game. Do you know is that the case? I did know that, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so that um, yeah, that's I think that's excellent. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be able to play it more than once because it, it sounds like that will be... Um, uh, a really good introduction into, um, you know, in conjunction with, you know, uh, Arena Commander 2.0, where we get the multi-crew ships. Um, I think, you know, in the in the context of a of a story-based uh, mission progression, that that'll be valuable experience for uh, 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 playing with folks out into out in the persistent universe when that happens. Yeah, I don't know. Um, can't remember how many players they said, but for some reason, I think. It was like four, but um, I'd be happy with even two. Uh, 
I think that'd be a lot of fun. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, uh, uh, streaming that on Twitch, how much fun that would be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that, that'll be awesome. Um, so uh, they, they go on, and it, there's a lot of information here, so we'll try to, to cover the, the high points here. But uh, they talk about how uh, for uh, system systems in the, or uh, control systems within the ships, that there are, um, the way they're looking at it is there's like three types or three classes of ships. Uh, that in a single pilot ship, you have your heads up display, which pretty much gives you all the information about the ship, you know, on that one display. Uh, so the capital ships, which, um, you know, whether uh, you have, uh, uh, you're using all player characters or you're using some player characters in NPCs. Uh, they're going to have um, uh, task-specific uh, stations, so you'll have, you know, like a communications officer station, stuff like that. Um, but the multi-cruise ships, which are kind of everything, the way I read this, kind of everything in between, are the ships that are uh, going to be pilotable as a solo player. Uh, so like in my freelancer, I would be able to, to pilot it um, myself but, and have NPCs at all the other stations, but that... I would be able to split up the functions of the ship um, across those other stations in the way that I wanted to do that. And that I would also be able to, um, uh, after I've done that, while in, in play, be able to monitor what's going on at the other stations. Um, so, which on the, on the surface sort of sounds like, you know, oh, yeah, okay, well, that's cool. But then when you get down into the detail of it, it's like, well, that's really complex. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, if you have somebody that is your, um, radar is watching your, your radar station and he, um, goes away from his post or he gets, you know, if you're boarded or something and he gets shot or, you know, he has to, you know, take a bathroom break or whatever, um, you know, as the captain, you'll be able to, to, to see his station from your chair and make real time changes that actually affect gameplay. So um, uh, there's some, and the, the way they have this set up is um, by actions. Um, so um, each station uh, will have access um, when it's set up to specific actions. Um, and the actions that they have listed here are uh, shield management, radar ops, E-War, which is the, the electronic warfare station, which just sounds awesome. Um, uh, communications, scanning, avionics and CPU, power management, and navigation. So all of these different functions will be um, available at a specific station or across a, um, um, uh, you know, configurable set of stations, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, and I don't know, have you, uh, have you had a chance to, to look through this? Did you see anything that sort of jumped out at you like, you know, this is what I want to do on on a multi crew ship. Um, honestly, I just kind of want to be the captain. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a constellation, so I think you have that right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it sounds like this is just getting it closer to like Star Trek being on the bridge of the Enterprise, mm -hmm. which is really what I want. Um, this this kind of reminds me of a game that I backed on Kickstarter called Pulsar Lost Colony. Oh. Um, 
it's a uh, it's kind of a space sim, kind of like Star Citizen, but it doesn't have any like persistent universe or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does have multiplayer, uh, so you have you have one ship, uh, and you can have like five other people on it with you, and each person uh, plays a specific role. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty cool game. You should check it out if you're into this kind of game again it's pulsar lost colony um right now it's in like alpha um but they're they're doing tons of stuff like this in that game which um which is really what i want like a game where like the the engines can get damaged or something so uh some people have to stay at the bridge and keep fighting and and uh controlling the ship and the guns and stuff but somebody has to go run and fix that engine, otherwise you're going to be dead in the water. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that, where everybody has to do a different role and maybe switch roles if somebody is incapacitated or something, that's like really exciting for me. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's teamwork, but not in the context of you know like playing um, an FPS where you have a, a, a fire team, you know, and right. you, all, you all have a role. I mean, it's it's actually um, teamwork like you see in the movies, you know. Yeah, which I, I think is is going to be a lot of fun. Um, Definitely, re- really looking forward to that. Um, of the the actions that they listed, I think the one that jumps out at me the most is the E War, the Electronic Warfare Station, uh-huh. um, which is um, so basically you're like a hacker, um, and you're gonna you be able to um, uh, uh, hinder opponent systems, um, uh, which sort of adds a, a different um, um, dynamic to like uh, dogfighting. You know, like if you're able to if you're able to uh, block other guys uh, the your enemy's missiles, or if you're able to, um, uh, you know, reduce the range of their of their systems, or hinder op- even you know like cause their systems to, to shut down or, or reboot. Um, I, I think that that's just a, a, a really interesting uh, dynamic and a sort of a check on because this is a skill based game. It's a real check for nerdy guys like me with the you know uh, poor twitch reflexes. Uh, going up against guys, you know that uh, you know never miss. Uh-huh. You know, I think that that's going to make it a lot more, um, a lot more competitive, but in a different way. Yeah, and I'm hoping my Drake Herald will allow me to do this sort of thing, um, so I have another way uh, to participate uh, in battles other than uh, you know I have the ambulance, so I can go pick up the 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 bodies or uh, maybe. Uh, work in a, um, uh, a more, um, uh, hacker type role where I'm able to sort of go in the back door and, and sabotage stuff. Uh-huh. So, you know, I mean, the other stuff here, you know, communications, I mean, that seems like it's pretty self-explanatory that, uh, you know, if you are responsible for monitoring, um, uh, communications, I mean, it, it may not be as simple as just listening and, and, you know, when a communication comes through, you hear it, you may have to decrypt it or you may have to, um, uh, try to triangulate to, to determine the source of the communication, stuff like that. So I think it, it's all very um, uh, exciting stuff that is going to make the gameplay a lot richer. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, and if you look at the, um, the screen breakdown, 
it's it's very uh, very interesting. It it, it shows it, it kind of looks like a, a Chrome browser. You know, you have tabs along the top which list list the different actions that you have available to you, and it shows uh, ship statistics and uh, gives you visible visual representations of, of the different uh, systems, and uh, so you'll be able at a glance to um, uh, see which areas of the ship are are having um, are under attack or are compromised, and then be able to uh, direct resources to those uh, those areas accordingly. Yeah, you can even see your miles per gallon on here. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, and it's got you know there's going to be all kinds of uh, stuff here. God, there's just so much stuff here. You know, they're they're you're going to be able to um, uh, look at um, like cameras, and there's going to be uh, presets, which I'm I'm guessing is um, like macros in a sense, where you're going to be able to configure systems to work in a particular way, kind of ahead of time, and you just um, you know configure it to your play style or to your command style and uh, just fire that off and away you go. I like uh, the names that they have here on the uh, screen breakdown. Mm -hmm. uh, player long name, player stupidly long name, uh, <laughs> Mr. Player Name 1, <laughs> bad guy OMG 2014. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that that's like the, the there's going to be chat functionality, and I and I think that there's also in the notifications you're going to be getting information about what um, what's going on with uh, maybe other people outside of your ship. You know, like so if you're part of a battle armada, if that's a thing anymore, um, you know, if you've got if somebody's shields are down, you know, and you're sort of you're the commanding the entire battle, you may get a notification uh, saying that uh, such and such. Uh, uh, port side shields are down yeah so it seems like this sort of stuff can be coordinated across ships as well so um it's just i just think it's awesome it's awesome yep. and it's just and it's just unlike what we're used to so i'm just i i'm thinking that it's it's kind of hard to appreciate just how how uh, cool it's going to be until we actually get there yeah, this and the FPS stuff is really what excites me most for Star Citizen, and that's what I've been excited for since, like, day one. Mm -hmm. That was the thing that made me back it, is uh, multi-crew ships. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited that, that they're releasing more information and uh, expanding on that technology and stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we'll check it out if uh, if you haven't seen it yet, and um, uh, you know, good things coming coming in the future here. So, um, sort of moving on to uh, uh, the semi-official stuff. So, uh, questions from folks that um, Chris Roberts answered in ten for the chairman. We have episode forty-seven, which was uh, last week, and they have reopened the thread. So, um, I did. I did post my question, so I'm going to attempt to get Chris's attention again. Um, but there were a few here that I thought were sort of interesting. Uh, uh, player name or subscriber named Furious George, which I thought was a very cool name. <laughs> he uh, essentially he uh, asked, "Will there be electronic warfare in the game?" And Chris said, "Yeah, there, there's going to be." The, and uh, this was actually before. Uh, this multi-cruise ship information came out, um, so he said that there, you know, the bigger ships are going to have a warfare officer, and that uh, ship variants would include tech that they would be able to jam radar, hide signatures, et cetera, et cetera. 
And um, why I like this was that, you know, it just said, ooh, I, I, I'm thinking maybe my Drake Herald will allow me to do some of this stuff. And so that's, um, that's pretty cool. Uh, Kibbles and Bits asked, uh, in 0G FPS, will rifle recoil push us around and will be, there be a way to anchor ourselves uh, to something so that we don't get pushed around? And uh, Chris's response was, you know, in the context of trying to keep it real, you know, you get your science, you got your math, you got your physics. And though rifle recoil will, is actually a thing, um, the... Um, when you compare that mass to the mass of your body, it will actually only be a little tiny effect. Um, and there will be um, ways to anchor yourself. There'll be handhold points uh, and the ability to push off of surfaces when, uh, when you're in zero G. And what I was, what sort of concerned me about this is, you know, people have been talking about uh, the FPS module being uh, uh, something they're looking forward to because uh, it's not going to be, you know, Twitch-based. It's not going to be, you know, who can uh, bunny hop over a, over a building and, and uh, shoot you in the top of the head. Um, and so I was just thinking, you know, is this going to actually turn out to be less real just because we don't know what this would be like? And will this sort of be, in this game, kind of the, the silly bunny hopping type FPS uh, experience? What do you think? I mean, I mean that's part of... They're trying to make it realistic, and uh, if that's something that happens in physics, which it obviously is, then I guess they have to implement it. But if Chris says that the effect would only be small, then I don't think it's going to really do much. I mean, I could see if, if you're shooting your weapon and it shoots you across the room backwards faster than walking somewhere, then it would be a problem. But if it's just going to push you back a little bit, I don't think it's... I think it's just going to be a nuisance more than anything else. But, I mean, that's the trade-off if you're going to be shooting around in zero-G without anchoring yourself with the magnetic boots or whatever. Yeah, I guess I was sort of, I was more thinking about the pushing yourself off a wall aspect. Like you would, you know, essentially jump off the side of a wall and uh, go flying across the top of the room shooting you know down at the floor as you go flying by um, I don't know if that's going to happen or um, if uh, if that's even physic physically uh, the way it should happen but I don't know I just you know I, I was kind of uh, it kind of jumped out at me like you know this might be the new silly so mm -hmm. you know as long as I can play a frag trap, I'm happy. <laughs> uh, okay, so next up, a war dog asked if there would be jump points with ship size restrictions. And I thought this was a very cool question. And Chris said, yeah, and uh, he had a really good analogy. He said, think of jump points like uh, mountain passes, like if you're driving. And some mountain passes uh, would uh, be able to accommodate uh, large trucks um, or large pieces of equipment. And some uh, would not. Some you would only be able to get through uh, with with a, a normal passenger car. So there will be size limitations uh, such that uh, it could be the case that for some journeys, it'll be much easier to make that journey in a small ship because you'll be able to take a more direct route. So, and I thought that this was kind of an interesting question if you look at it from the uh, the point of uh, people complaining about the biggest ship automatically winning. And uh, it's like, no, here, here's a situation where a smaller ship, you know, 
perhaps equipped with uh, with uh, some customized modules um, that uh, that allow you to do uh, cool things will actually have an advantage over the bigger ship who has to take the long way to get to uh, wherever it is that you're going. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, and uh, what Chris said about that is, you know, he says it's different horses for different courses, which I think is very, <laughs> is, is very cool. And, and it's true because it rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Smart Ace asked, will griefers be able to hide from retribution behind the PVP slash PVE slider? And uh, I think the example he gave was uh, if you um, if you do a bunch of uh, you get a big bounty on your head um, in PvP, would you be able to just flip the slider over? And I guess we still don't know what that slider is going to look like. Um, and you know, then nobody can touch him. And uh, what Chris said is no, that's not the way that they want to have it set up. Um, they want to have it set up so that the consequences of um, uh, for actions that you take. Um, with other players are not going to be avoidable. Um, so if you're, you know, being a bad sport in PvP, um, you're not going to be able to hide behind the PvE slider. But um, on the other side of it, if, you know, you're playing a particular role out in the in, in the PU, in PvE, if you're a pirate out in the um, in PvE, and, you know, so if you're being a pirate honestly, if that sort of makes sense, you're being an honest pirate, then that isn't necessarily going to follow you into PvP play. So, mm-hmm. um, well, I hope there are more than one slider because usually one slider really doesn't satisfy me. Yeah, yeah. It seems well, and it sounds like from what we were discussing with the multi cruise ship systems that uh, they're pretty big on making uh, things highly configurable. So, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about burgers, by the way. <laughs> It, I'm really tired. Okay. <laughs> I'm really tired. I'm, I am rocking a Red Bull, but it hasn't kicked in yet. So. Uh, but I, but thank you for pointing that out because that was funny. <laughs> All right. Excellent. So uh, Nathan Alpha Man asked, uh, so like what happens, speaking of people that uh, misbehave in PVE, um, so what happens to my stuff, uh, say, for example, on Terra um, after I become notorious and I get banned from Terran space? Uh, and what Chris said is that, you know, there aren't actually bans, but you could become so wanted that it would make sense for you to set up shop elsewhere. Um, and to do this, uh, you will be able to um, acquire fi- false identities for a while, which I thought would be kind of cool, which, you know, you'd be able to sneak into areas pretending to be somebody else. Um, or you could hire somebody to uh, to haul your stuff haul, haul your stuff out of there. And um, I like this question because I thought it gave a little bit more insight into uh, the potential consequences of playing the high risk roles. Because, like I think I've mentioned on previous shows, I think it's important that you have a good series of checks and balances. That if you're going to play a high high risk high reward character, that there have to be consequences that prevent everybody from wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. And then also to, you know, in a way, sort of protect uh, the fun for folks that are, are wanting to play the more um, uh, lawful good uh, character. So. Yeah. And then finally, Mr. Fixit asked, will there be unique stuff uh, to be found by explorers out in the Persistent Universe? And Chris said, yeah. And uh, he said, you know, that's absolutely something they want to send up, set up, and it's going to be... Um, 
he said uh, sort of uh, analogous to like if you think about a fantasy MMO, you know, if there's like a, uh, a magical um, uh, one of a kind weapon that you would get from defeating a boss that only spawns once every month, you know. Um, and he only drops it, you know, every five times you kill him or something. That they want to have that that type of item or gear uh, be available to folks um, who are willing to take the time to travel and go out and look for stuff. So um, you, there might be um, a planet where you would find, you know, that's in hostile territory that you would have to fight to get to. That there's a gunsmith there that makes. Uh, weapons that um, are in some way better than weapons you can get anywhere else. And this is the only place that you can get those. And so you would uh, be rewarded for fighting through the hostile territory to get to that place and, and uh, negotiating a deal with this particular gunsmith. Yeah. Or, or if you um, are exploring asteroid um, uh, fields out in an uncharted uh, part of space, you might find uh, an ancient... Uh, derelict um, alien ship that has uh, some bit of technology or, or something in there that you're able to make use of, but it's so exotic and, and uh, different that it's not reproducible, that it's just something that it's a one-of-a-kind thing that you'll have uh, for your ship or for um, uh, your, um, however you use it, um, and, uh, and no one else will have that, but it's your reward for, for taking the time and the effort to go out there and, and uh, do the hard work. Yeah. So, so that, you know, I, I thought that that, that sort of makes uh, exploration sound exciting again, but um, I'm still skeptical. You know, I, I still wonder how how um, how how uh, few and far between those uh, those things are going to be. And, and that's not really the kind of player I am anyway. You know, it's like in, in MMOs, I'm not the guy that that goes out and, and uh, you know, hunts up all the stuff to craft the legendary weapon. If I've got a weapon that does a, a, a fairly good job, then I'm more happy just to play with that. So. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of how they said um, if you if you leave an item in an instance area, it'll only stay there for like five minutes or something. Uh huh. Um, which kind of bummed me out uh, because I think it'd be cool if if uh, if somebody blew up and they had stuff left over in that area, if you could come back to that place mm-hmm. like like weeks later. And find it because nobody else has come to that area of space mm-hmm. and like hit a jackpot. That'd be awesome. Um, but obviously, every like fight in Star Citizen is instanced, so that can't really work, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's I. You know I, what you made me think of was our conversation last week about um, you know multiple player characters and multiple hangers. I wonder if there would be some way that if you logged off with one character, if that would, um, maybe it still wouldn't be there. Um, but, you know, depending upon if, say you were in a way far out um, uh, area that is uncharted and you're the first person to be there or one of the first few people to be there and you find something cool, but it's going to take some time uh, to explore, you know, this this ancient wreck or, or whatever it is. Um, but you can't do it then, so you have to log off. But as long as nobody else goes to that area um, before the next time you log on, would it make sense to be able to have that instance come back? Yeah, it's, it's kind of tricky. Um, Star Citizen is going to have like a mega server, I guess you could call it. 
where everybody's on the same server. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a lot of MMOs do separate servers. Right. Um, like WoW has like tons and tons of servers. Um, and if you're if you're on a specific server in WoW and you're in a specific area and somebody else goes to that exact same area, they're gonna see you. Right. But in Star Citizen, if you don't know the person um, and they're not connected to you in any way, and you both go to the same coordinates in space, you might mm-hmm. not see each other because you might be in separate instances. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, both both methods of servers have their pros and cons. So, I don't know. Hopefully, they'll implement it so that we will be able to come across that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah, it's just I, it's interesting, um, interesting uh, just to think about, you know, yeah. what, the, what the possibilities are. So, yep. Cool. Um, so, like I mentioned before, uh, there is a new thread for Ten for the Chairman. So, I'm uh, gonna, I, I have actually I've submitted it just before we started recording. Um, and so, the question I asked again was, uh, will I be able to use the healing facilities on board my Cutlass Red? In the FPS module combat, if so, will this be in the initial release or not until we get multi-crew ship combat? And if not, what facilities will be available for me and my team to use uh, and when? Uh, so let's uh, let's see if he uh, gets back to us on that. Um, a couple cool things I heard uh, this morning. Uh, Star Signal episode 23 came out. And uh, a couple cool things I heard, and I have not been able to confirm this um, anywhere in the forum, so I don't know but uh, for sure. But uh, they, they said that there's going to be a Mustang commercial coming out on uh, the 19th of, of this month. Have you heard about that? No. Um, so, um, and that, uh, that arena commander version 1.0 might actually be released uh, on that same day, which would, uh, sort of, uh, follow what they've been saying is that they're going to do it before the end of the year. So the night, the 19th does, doesn't, uh, doesn't leave you much time if you don't do it by then. So, yeah, the Mustang uh, is the Mustang supposed to be a new starter ship. It is a starter ship, yes. It's the th- it's well, it's actually the second starter ship. The uh, third one is uh, the Misk Reliant, I think it is. That's the one that won the pole not that yeah. long ago. Um, yeah, so that would make sense that it's coming out on the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said that with the release of Arena Commander 1.0, that all of the Aurora variants are going to be playable, so we'll be able to play our, our LNs. Ooh, and they are also going to be tradable for a Mustang. So I'm wondering if, oh. uh, if at that point uh, I'll be able to uh, get the uh, the racing variant. May not be able to get the AMD uh, racing variant because I think you had to actually have bought the graphics card to uh, yeah. to get that. Maybe maybe I can get a GeForce racing variant. That would be cool. Um, and uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. I want to want to give that uh, give that a try. Um, and also, also in, in other unofficial uh, uh, podcast news, uh, Tales of Citizen is back. Um, and uh, I've listened to most of uh, their return episode today, and uh, so I highly encourage you to go check it out. Um, I think Bridger does a, a very good job, and uh, his uh, Tales of Tyria podcast was uh, kind of what got me into uh, Guild Wars and, um, and uh, you know, uh, the whole idea of gaming podcasts, so... Um, yeah, he, uh, he does it. He does a great job. He also does a 
he does video for his too on YouTube and uh, it's really well done. Yeah, you know, so I know he was he had had moved and he was building a, a studio in his basement uh, at his new house and uh, so I think they finally got it <clears throat> excuse me into working order and uh, uh, so uh, go check him out. Um, so let's see, we are already over an hour. What do you say we take the discussion topic for this week and, um, kind of push it off till next time when we hopefully have Caleb back? Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Cause I'd like to get his input. I basically, I just wanted to talk about, uh, uh, with, you know, we've got the, the persistent universe alpha is likely uh, still a year away. And, um, um, I know that we all anticipate putting a lot of time into that game. And so I just wanted to take a poll and see if there are other games that you are um, planning on getting planning on getting obsessed with um, and uh, and uh, what other games you see coming up although I do want to mention real quick that I found out today I got a, a tweet today from frontier development that elite dangerous um, which is releasing uh, to the general public on the 16th so a week from tomorrow Oh wow! Uh, that they have decided not to wipe. They're in their gamma release now, which I'd never heard of a, a gamma release before. <laughs> I've always gone from beta to full release, but they went yeah. from, they went from alpha to beta to gamma and then to full release. Um, that they've decided not to wipe uh, before the full release. So oh, that's get, nice. Yeah, I guess that's a little um, a little bonus for the folks that backed. And so that I've been waiting for that that to happen because I was you know kind of getting tired of you know. Uh, Earning a, a small little pile of money and then having it disappear every time they they updated the uh, the beta, but um, so I'm definitely going to check that out. I'm looking forward to uh, giving that a try um, just because I like uh, I want to support the uh, the space sim genre and uh, you know and it's good to have uh, something to compare uh, Star Citizen as it develops against. Yeah, Elite Dangerous looks great too, and I'll I'll probably pick this up sometime soon yeah and you know and uh listening um, uh to tales of citizen uh, today they were talking about elite dangerous and i did not realize that they were not entirely crowd uh funded did you know that they actually had uh some uh, yeah i think in- they got picked up um i don't know if it was after their i can't remember if they used kickstarter or indiegogo mm-hmm. um i think it was kickstarter um, I don't know if they got picked up by a publisher after or during, but yeah, I do remember hearing about that. Mm. Yeah, and they were uh, talking about how that had, um, you know, in comparison to Star Citizen, they were talking about how that had curtailed a lot of the things that they had wanted to do with that game. And I guess most um, uh, uh, significantly recently, anyway, uh, that they had to scrap the whole uh, single player portion of the game. So you, you're only able to play it online. Um, and that, that a lot of people were unhappy about that. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I still think it's going to be a fun game and I'm looking forward to playing it, but I think that that's, uh, um, you know, in the context of talking about the, the stuff that they're developing for uh, Star Citizen, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's good to sort of recognize that the uh, the money that, that they've raised through the model they've developed is, is allowing this to happen and that if yeah. that... If there had been backers involved all along, they probably would have been pushed to uh, release something at this point. And uh, we, you know, not until 
way further down the road or maybe never would have gotten, you know, cool stuff like the multi-cruise ship uh, systems. So. Yeah. And Star Citizen is even doing stuff like letting users run private servers. Right. Um, I mean, they're not doing it yet, but when it comes out, they are going to offer that option, right. which is kind of crazy for a game of this scale. Like, it's it's rare that games do that. Like, Minecraft is, like, the biggest one I can think of that actually does that still. Right. Yeah, and I, and I think that that is something that they've also not been able to, that they had planned to do at some point, but not been able to accomplish with Elite Dangerous. So mm-hmm. I don't know that for a fact, but I, I do remember hearing something about that. So Elite Dangerous requires an internet connection? I believe so. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I think Star Citizen, you can play Squadron 42 offline. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if, because um, uh, there's no... Um, uh, there's no uh, story in Elite Danger. It's total sandbox. Oh, okay. There there are missions, but um but apart from that there's um you know, and there is there is a story, you know, like a a, a lore or a fiction. Yeah. But there's there's no like Squadron forty two equivalent. Yeah. It kinda reminds me of Destiny. <laughs> they try to they try to explain the entire story through those grimoire cards that pop up on your screen every ten seconds. Uh-huh. It's like I've never read a single grimoire card. No, that that's when you reach down and grab your beverage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you see that they're um I it's coming up pretty quick here that they're releasing the first expansion? Is that is that uh... Yeah, I think that's tomorrow actually. Oh. Yeah, are you are you going to play it? Yeah, I definitely am. I'm pretty excited for it. Cool. Cool. Are you going to stream it? I might. Yeah. Okay. If I can get uh if I can get my buddy that I've been playing with to uh, jump in there with me, um, yeah, we'll definitely play some of that. I'm pretty. I think that it adds it adds like a whole new area for uh, regular missions, a new strike, maybe two new strikes. I can't remember. At least one more strike and a new raid. Oh, so cool. I haven't actually played the first raid in mm-hmm. Destiny yet. I'm not. It's it's um, recommended that you are level 26 for it, and right now I'm like a third of the way through 25. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, once you get to like 24, it's it's kind of difficult to get uh, to level because you have to do a bunch of farming and and uh, you have to play a bunch of PvP. Uh... Um. So yeah, I need to put some more time into that game. It's a lot of fun. So. Yeah, I'm excited for uh, the dark below is what it's called coming out tomorrow. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what else? Have, I think we've moved on to what we're playing. So, uh, what else have you been playing? Um, just playing some more WoW. <laughs> no, no, I mean no video games. What, what, what other video <laughs> games have you been playing? <laughs> uh, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, what level are you in WoW? Did you uh, cap? I just hit eighty last night so i have 10 more levels before i hit 90 which is when uh the warlords of draenor the newest expansion content starts so oh okay yep that's where i'm at cool uh i've been pretty much uh, i haven't played a whole lot but i've been playing a lot of far cry when i have been playing and um i've been uh, i've been liking it a lot i um off of amazon i was able to pick up the 
the first three Far Cry's, I guess Far Cry 2, I guess it's not the first three, but it's the, the Far Cry 2, Far Cry 3, and Far Cry Blood Dragon for all three of them for, for 20 bucks. Um, so I, I grabbed that and I've been playing playing those a little bit and then Far Cry 4 on the, on the PC. So nice. I think it, it's a fun game. It's a fun game and um, but I'm you know I'm looking forward to uh, to getting into um, something a little bit more um, community oriented. So uh, uh-huh. you know Elite Dangerous and Arena Commander are are looming large on my horizon. Mm-hmm. How how well does your PC run Far Cry 4? Very well, very well. My my i five uh, does a does an admirable job. Yeah, I heard that game looks amazing. It's oh, it's it's unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, and I just you know as I was starting up uh, my computer uh, to record tonight, I noticed that there's a patch on Steam, so I'm I'm hoping that uh, my uh, FOV issues may be uh, resolved. But you know, perhaps that's a bit much to to ask for. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, all right. Well, I think we have done it to it. Um, I, I am Gleep, and you can find me in uh, the Those Guys with Ships Star Citizen organization. I'm on the forums. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Steam. Uh, I put the spellings for all of those in the show notes. Cool. Uh, you can find me at the Only Jonto on Twitter and Steam, and then you can find my YouTube and Twitch accounts at the Only John Connor. Um, you can reach the show at theversecast at gmail.com as well as on Twitter at versecast where you can tweet or email us um, about anything really pertaining to the show, not pertaining to the show, whatever. If you have questions, concerns, comments, um, yeah, just hit us hit us up there. And then uh, you can find our organization at robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash versecast. Uh, we accept people from all creeds and um, all species. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, awesome. Awesome. And then uh, please review us on iTunes. Uh, you can find us. Uh, just search for Versecast. We would appreciate any review that you have to leave for us. All right, fantastic. Well, um, I want to make a note. We're trying to be real regular about the the day when we release this, but um, I'm going to see uh, the Hobbit trilogy one, two, and three uh, all in one day next Monday. So um, I'm thinking I'm not going to be uh, podcasting nothing. I'm going to be hanging out in Middle Earth at the IMAX. So um, uh, look for next week's show uh, probably on Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning. So I want to give you a heads up there. And uh, so until that time, uh, we will see you in the verse. See you later.